Yeah, to be or not to be. You have that? Or you don't? You don't not have that? I do. Okay. What word? I do. Oh. I do. Um, Contract verb. Contract verbs have stems that end in omicron epsilon alpha. Boy, oh. I'm not sure if I heard anyone say it, but. Poyo is the is the contracted form of the first singular. So that you'll see that form poyo. Anyhow, lecture on 18, to be or not to be. I might have saved to be or not to be for the infinitive chapter, but here it is. <coughs> and then we'll look at workbook from 17 after this simple lecture. And really simple, because we've already introduced what middle and, oh, we haven't introduced what middle means, but we've introduced what passive means. And uh, the forms work identical to this. There's just some new forms to add to it, okay? But this chart, the pain, is a relatively small chart compared to the other charts you've learned. Agree? Don't agree. That's fine. I'll show you later. Uh, okay. English preliminaries. Voice. What's the difference between voice and mood? Mood's that thing that changes depending on what's happening in your life. Is that right? <laughs> that's good. No, okay, that's not quite it. That, that's how it is in relationships. But for grammar, anyone got it? I know Wendell's got it. Difference between voice and mood. Too late now, you've already seen it. What is mood? It's the verbal action as it relates to reality. So the indicative may usually makes declarative statements, like something happened, or something is happening, or maybe asking a question. You get to other moods that we won't even learn for a, quite a while, um, like the subjunctive. They might be the mood of possibility. Or the imperative is a whole different mood. The imperative, different category. So it's expressing a command. So not necessarily reality, but it's, uh, it's, you know expressing a wish or something like that. that. That's mood. Voice refers to the relationship between the subject and the verb. Okay. So it can be active. What does active do? You could be in the active voice. Yes, <laughs> the subject is performing the action. There's your blank, performing the action. This is, this is all basic stuff. Base, uh, passive, the subject is receiving the action or being acted upon. Anyone want to offer an illustration of an active verb? John kicked the ball. Okay, cool. He kicked it. 
So the subject is making the action upon the object in that case. Now a passive would be Are you sure? This is tricky. Yeah. So the subject is still doing it. Yeah, he was hit. He was hit. Yeah. So what, what end would you rather be on, the, the active end or the passive end? <laughs> yeah. So there's your illustration down there below. Present, active, I am loosing, or I loose. Present, passive, I am being loosed, or I am loosed. So you got these ropes or chains on you, and then <coughs> say you find the key, you unlock it, and you're you loose, you say, I, I am loosing. I'm loosing now, or I loose. Okay, say the guard's nice and he comes and unlocks and I'm being loose now. So that's the idea. I'm texting the other birthday boy right now. What's that? <laughs> yeah. All right, you can often identify a passive verb by trying to place the word by, like a prepositional phrase, after the verb. If it makes sense, it's passive. Does that make sense? So the example here is I'm being taught by the teacher. So if you get to a point in a Greek sentence where you're just not sure if it's active or passive, which will be pretty rare, you'll probably know, but if you're not sure, just maybe insert the word by in there and see if it works. If it doesn't work at all, then what? Uh, there's a, um, a, a school that a teacher is supposed to teach passive uh -huh. by zombies at the end of the sentence. By zombies? Okay. <laughs> the, the, the zombie craze? Oh, there you go. Yeah. There's a whole slide for what I just said. I'm being taught by the teacher. In the passive voice, the tense of the verb is determined by the helping verb not the main verb. And actually you see that in uh, the, the Acts passage that Mike, went, that Mike covered. Um, as many as were appointed under eternal life believe. There's a, there's a helping verb along with that. But that, that's for you too, Wendell. Um, you can't really get around that, the idea that Acts 13.48 uh, or as many as were appointed unto eternal life believed, it's, it's passive. So are they appointing themselves or is someone appointing them? Are they being appointed by someone else for eternal life? Some guys have said, okay, it's middle. So they appointed themselves. But that's, when you look at the form, could it be that? Yes, but with all the rules that surround it, it's very clear that it's passive. So. If you feel like that, that one text, as many as were appointed under eternal life believed, it's, it's pretty clear. So, anyhow, you all got the blanks up through uh, number one, English preliminaries. All right, number two, Greek forms. Present, passive, indicative is formed with the following three elements. In the present tense stem, connecting vowel, 
and the primary passive personal endings. So blue on my 10 stem, blue, connecting vowel, Omicron, my primary passive personal ending, okay? Just showing how it's formed, how the, the formation of the present passive middle indicative. All right, let's add some forms to our paper there. Can you see those okay? It ended up being really small, sorry. So the basic endings, ones you're actually going to memorize are the amai, a, eti, amatha, estha, anti. You ready for a story behind that? My dad showed me uh, part of a lecture from Robert Plummer. This was probably a long time ago. He, uh, he Rob Plummer, he was at, or I think he still is at uh, Southern Theological Seminary, but he had the illustration to help you remember this paradigm of this um, this Baptist old lady, conservative old lady who was in a church, and this guy walks into the church as visitor. He's wearing this tie, and she says, "Oh my." Eh? A tie? A Methodist on tie? <laughs> this guy had a picture of a Methodist guy on his tie. <laughs> and she was thoroughly offended. What's that, Dad? <laughs> so that, that, for some reason, that always stuck with me. And hopefully it'll stick with you, too. Oh, my, eh? A tie? A Methodist on tie? <laughs> so that's how you can remember that. But uh, just a few things. I'll make it a little bigger so you can see it. Am I a? Sorry, Adam. Subscripted. Am I a? That's I. Am That's the anti. <coughs> Make sense at this point? Pretty straightforward. I'm not sure about the Methodist. The Methodist? Yeah. Okay, that's just, you have to, okay, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect one to one correspondence. Uh, meth. Uh, this. <laughs> I might be offended if I see the same tie. I don't know. <laughs> Just kidding. <clears throat> All right, so you got the forms. And then the mysi tie in the parentheses and the metastheth tie in the parentheses on the other side for the plural. Okay, let's turn to page 77 and add these to the pane. That way, it's that way that charts up to date. That way, you can frame this chart, put it in your study, and you know cherish it. Have all the you know the Greek students sign it for you. You know before the years up. 
we're just add the same exact things there. So we have it, you know, our our formal sheet here, all put together. Same exact thing, <coughs> except you don't need to add the uh, the loose stem there. Just just do the just do the endings. Yeah, this is the primary, singular and plural, middle passive. So it's going to be the bottom left. And if you have a highlighter, um, I would encourage you to uh, highlight the ones that are not in parentheses. That's what I actually want you to memorize. The other ones are just for reference. So on the test, you're not going to see the parenthetical endings there. You're just going to have the ones that are the main ones that like I wrote down here and here. That's what you see on the test. And that's what you get. And it, again, it's not just for the test. That's what you're going to actually be using, you know, mostly. So you got it? Yeah, that way. Yeah, and then it's on page 77. The, the pain. Bring the pain. This is just, I'm just trying to give you the tools. I know this is not exciting right now, but just giving you the tools right now. <coughs> the second person plural? Este. Yeah. Este. All right, I'll be right back. I'm going to grab a book real quick from the library. Make sure I got something right. Uh, page 78. <clears throat> okay, you see the uh, summary of the Greek tense formation, indicative mood. Uh, look down at the uh, present middle passive. Would someone mind getting with, or I'll get with you after class to get you the top line because you don't have that one yet, but you'll look at the second line for this one, oh, Fernando. Yeah, we're going to look at the present passive right now, present middle passive. Oh, you do? Okay, good, good. <clears throat> okay, so for present middle passive, augment, nothing. Tense stem, loo, just like you have above it. Tense formative, nothing. Connecting vowel. 
Um, do Omicron or Epsilon. And then my. For the personal lending, yeah. Mu, Alpha, Iota. Yep. Just like you see it in the parentheses on the, on the screen. And for the pain, do 1P. That's just showing you that it's going to be on the bottom left. That's just showing you where it is. It's the, the primary one, primary, P, passive. Okay. Principal part, one. And for your translation, you can put down, I am being loosed. Or I am, I am loosed, whichever one you prefer right now. Yeah. The first. Uh, okay, so augment, reduplication, nothing. Tense stem, lou. Transformative, nothing. Connecting value, you can do Omicron slash Epsilon. Yeah. So you see what you see how this is working at least? It just it's just further describing the charts that we're learning. So in other words, like our Lou here, that's the tenth stem. Then there's the connecting vowel, and then my is the personal ending. And this happens to be the passive, and it's the primary section, okay? That's just showing it's all put together. And learning this chart is much easier than learning a ton of other paradigms like Mike showed us a couple weeks ago. That's the idea behind that. We good so far? What's that? And we don't like the Not yet. I mean, they're kind of cool, but we don't need to worry about it until we get to um, Imperfect or Aorist. And then the... Aha. Uh -huh. Anyone want to help them out there? Is it? Luo. Luo. Yeah, it's not a contract, so it's just Luo. Yeah. Yep, so how would you parse this? Luo my. Look, turn back to page 77. Bring the pain. First person. Singular. Passive. Yeah. Well, it is passive. Yes. Yeah. Well, we'll say middle passive for right now, so we don't. I don't remember the <coughs> order on the. Yes. Yeah, so for, uh, person, number, tense, uh, voice, uh, mood. Middle passive mood. This is the one I told you not to overthink. Indicative. It's your only option right now, yep. Uh, lexical form. Yeah. 
Yeah, the lexical form will always be the first person singular present indicative. Yeah, but in lexical this form. case, we have two first person singulars, which is Luo and Leo. Yes, but for Luo, you will learn this as a as a active verb. So in that case. So in this case, the lexical form will be the um, active. Yes. Yeah. Well, lexical form will always be first person singular, present indicative. Yeah, so it could be, the, the lexical form could be middle or, or, or passive in form or, or active in form. Yeah. You'll, you'll learn that as you memorize vocab. Yep. And that's, that's not as hard as it might sound right now. Because that's just how you learn the word. So that's how you'll, you'll know it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it, that'll come up pretty clear, especially like when we go through the vocab list today. Even you'll see it pretty clearly. Does that make sense? Is it, so is it the, uh, <laughs> you just have to trust me on that one. It, it'll be it'll be clear. Yes, yeah, so some some words, some verbs in Greek won't be active ever. So you'll only find them in passive forms. So those verbs you'll find in the lexicon, uh, in the lexical form, as passive. Yep. And well, I'm, just for curiosity, I'm going to look. Yeah, like today you'll learn a couple passive verbs. So that's it's much easier than you than you think it is right now. I promise that much. There are some things that are hard in Greek, but th that's not one of them, because you, you, you'll just learn the vocab that way. So. What's that? <laughs> okay. What about translation for this one now? First person singular, present middle or passive indicative. We're going to go with just passive for now because we don't have context, but that's probably what it's going to be. I am loose. Yes. Beautiful. Okay. Note well. Pay careful attention to the ending for the second person singular. <coughs> the form of the ending, as we'll see, differs noticeably from the true form. What does he mean by that? said the second person singular differs noticeably from the, its true form. You, you, you catching what I'm throwing? Picking up what I'm laying down? <laughs> Just look at the chart. What's that? Um, no, it's not, not, not really a contract a verb uh, deal. But it's AA is the, the form you'll see most often with the Yoda subscript, that right here. But then you look in the parentheses and it's psi. It says psi. So he's just trying to say, don't confuse this form with the dative singular feminine and nouns. 
And again, this shows the importance of knowing your vocabulary well. So if you know your vocab, then this kind of thing won't be hard. It is common to find a Greek passive verb followed by either, by, hoopah by, zombies. Now you see the hoopah plus the genitive indicating personal agent. So either hoopah plus the genitive indicating personal agent or a simple dative case indicating impersonal instrument or means. We good? That stuff you'll get to in, in translation. And you're like, oh yeah, I remember exactly, you know, I remember Stephen said that, you know, the hoopah plus the, the genitive, you know, indicates personal agent. I remember that. <laughs> All right, deponent verbs. Deponent verbs. Okay, these are, this is an important note here, okay? So maybe make a star next to this or, because this is the kind of thing that could trip you up when you're translating. You ready? I've got the seatbelt on. <coughs> Okay, good. A deponent verb. A verb which is middle. Are you, are you guys are you hearing this? It's middle or passive in form, but active in meaning. And this is going to get to Fernando's question. Deponent is a verb that's middle or passive in form, okay? So in other words, in its lexical form, it's going to be, it's going to look like a middle or passive, okay? It's going to look middle or passive. But in its meaning, it's going to be active. The biggest example here is erkamai, which means I come. It doesn't mean I have been cummed. <laughs> it's, so it looks middle or passive in form, amai, but its meaning is active. So it's a deponent verb, okay? Deponent. You'll start seeing these pop up quite a bit, so once you start using them, it'll clear up. Right now, it might be confusing because we just said, we just said, this means passive, right? Now we're saying sometimes it's not going to be passive. So is that confusing? I'd be confused, but that's why we're taking the time to do this because sometimes it'll be deponent and be middle or passive in form, but have an active meaning. And let's, let's keep looking here. And parsing, or I'm sorry, number one. The lexical form of the verb will end in amai. <clears throat> when learning vocabulary of these words, note that their translation is active, even though in form they will look middle or passive. Turn to page 155, excuse me, 155 in your, in your textbook. Just, I'll show you a really quick example. Look at the third word down on page 155. Is that a middle or passive or uh, is that a middle passive or active form? See Peruamai? Yeah, middle passive in form. What's the translation value given to it though? Active, I go. Yep, so that's just one example. Okay, we'll look back in the notes here. That's just an illustration of it. In parsing, number two, in parsing one of these verbs, put deponent. 
under the column for voice. So at this point, you've only put active in the voice column on your parsing charts. When you get to one of these verbs, you'll put deponent or DEP. Okay. And here's, here's the good news. Approximately 75% of the middle forms that will be encountered in the New Testament are deponent. So you'll see it a lot, in other words. Good thinking. What's that? Turn to page 67 in your workbook. <coughs> Look at number five. <coughs> number five. Anyone want to pronounce that for us? What's that? Yeah, Pauramatha. With the because uh, the accent, yep. Okay, based on our chart here, what uh, person is that going to be? First, okay. You can go and fill. You feel free to write it down, so that way when you get to your workbook this week, you'll you'll know what's going on. First person, number, plural, yep. Tense. Future, right? What? Present. Yeah, we have. That's the only running option right now. All right. Voice. Deponent. How'd you know that? <laughs> oh, you guys. Stealing the thunder. <laughs> Mood. Yes. Mood is indicative. That's easy because that's our only option. That'll be our, our only option for the rest of this semester. Lexical form. Paruo? Paru? All right, let's put that down. Pastuo? What is it, Paru or Pastuo? Paru? Paruo? You okay with that? Yeah, why'd you say Paruo? Aha. Uh -huh. This is why we got that's why learning the vocab is so important because we learn this as peruomai as the lexical form. Yep. This is peruomai. Yep. Yes. Yeah, it's the first part of this right here. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So this is just an ex uh, an example of. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is what you're getting at. So, you know this first of all because you learn the vocab that way. You can know it second of all by looking it up in the lexicon. <laughs> so, yeah. The main thing with you know learning vocab is just so that if I mean if you're going to translate and you know, if you're trying to do a, a sizable project you know you're working on a sermon with ten verses, if you're looking up the lexicon you know 
every other word, it just takes forever. So the, the whole point of this is to get, you know, to get competent, you know, to, to work your passage so you don't spend your whole time looking up lexicon, you know. So that's the whole, the whole purpose of this. And so you can get a, you know, more of an individual idea of what's going in, not just, re, you know, relying on someone else's take. Okay, translation, number five. We go? Where are we going? Okay, that's fine with me. We go, we proceed, we depart. Active in form, or active in meaning. So you all, you all go with deponent verbs? Not too bad, I, I built it up a little bit. Yeah, active is a voice. Yeah, lexical form is always passive. Exactly. Yes. It's acting actively. Actively acting. Yeah, exactly. That's right. So they're not too bad. Deponents aren't too bad. All right. Closing observations. Okay, although the middle and passive are two separate voices in Greek, and the present tense, they're exactly the same in form. So in other words, there are two different voices, two different meanings, but the forms look the same. So passive is I was thrown. The subject is uh, receiving that action. Middle is something that you're doing for yourself. That's why people get to Acts, Arminians will get to Acts 13.48 and say, it's middle. They appointed themselves unto eternal life. And that's just crazy in that passage, but that, that's the idea of middle. If it were middle, then they would be appointing themselves unto eternal life. It's something they're doing for themselves. That's the idea there. But the idea is that middle and passive, two different voices in Greek, but they're going to look the same. What does that mean for you? What's that? You have to decide the difference, yeah. And you have to, you have to know it. And you have to make a case as to why. Sounds kind of hard right now, but once you get the translation, you'll, you'll see it pretty clearly. No problem? No, because you know your vocab, so because you know Luo's. Right, just that form all by itself, it's you know, taking the actual stem of the word, the, your vocab, into account. Now, you'll see Mount Spoon feeds you at first, because uh, he, he teaches you vocab, and then he inserts that vocab into the workbook. So it'll come clear. And then, so you kind of do baby steps like that until you start to branch out on your own. And uh, it'll be a lot, lot more manageable than you might think right now. So you'll see. Maybe maybe we'll look at a sentence if we have time before we before we close. So the the bullet point number one under there um, under closing observations. The main thing you want to know right now is that now at this point you have four options for uh, your 
voice chart or voice column or voice yeah voice column. You can do it could be active, could be passive, middle, or deponent. Okay, so you got those four options down. Before you only had one, it made your parsing really simple. Now you got the four options. Okay, so I'm just telling you that up front. That way you'll know. So if you want to write that in your workbook or whatever, but the vocab will tell you. Knowing the vocab will tell you. Okay, I promise that. Bullet point number two, take time to carefully look over the sample paradigms of contract verbs in the middle or passive. All he's trying to say there is that the same rules for contraction, contract verbs, will apply in the, the, the middle passive as well. The circumflex, there's your blank there, the circumflex accent is still the dominant accent used in five out of the six forms because circumflex is like long vowels. Concentrate on being able to recognize these forms when they are encountered in translation. Recognition, not memorization. Bullet three, the, con the conju conjugation, sorry, <laughs> not the conjunction. The conjugation of the present, dunamai, always has alpha as the connecting vowel. So that's an important exception <coughs> that you need to remember. One, you'll see dunamai a decent bit, and two, we already told you that Omicron or Epsilon is going to be the connecting <coughs> vowel. So this is an exception to that. And again, don't get mad at Greek. All languages have weird exceptions because people tend to govern how language works. And people were kind of messed up. So <laughs> Some things you need to hold your ground on, but language just does, it does change whether you like it or not. You know, so. The word hostis, hastis, hati has a double declension. Oh, great. <laughs> Trying to say both of them are changing? Yes. Because it is made up of the relative pronoun hoss. Not, no, not hoss off of, uh, but, you know, bonanza. Um, but the relative pronoun and the indefinite pronoun tis. Hostis. You can see that pretty clearly, right? Pretty clearly compounded there. But the whole idea is that it will change. That's why you can have haste, tis, or ha, ti, because you see the relative pronouns tucked in there. So that's why you'll see, that's why you'll see the first part of the word change and not just this, the, the second part of the word. Or yeah, the first part, not the second part, or and second part. That'll be one of those, like, you know, a couple months from now, you'll be like, what in the world is this word? Like, yeah, remember page 35, the fourth bullet point? No. <laughs> All right. Let's take just a couple minutes break, and then we'll jump into the exercise. Is Any questions on any of that right now? Yes. Yeah, you see, you see the relative pronoun tucked in there? Hoy. So the hoy changed, it went from haas, then it changed to hoy, and that's where you get this idea of nominative plural masculine, and tis also changed to tines, which is the nominative plural masculine form. So it's just, uh, it just compounded. You've learned, you've already encountered both of those words, haas and tis, but now you're seeing the compounded form. Yeah, so it's the uh, like the so it's like basically the relative pronoun and the indefinite pronoun tucked together. That's just an odd odds and ends deal right there. All right, any questions 
um, in addition to that, you can take a little break, stretch, stretch your minds. <coughs> okay, well, let's keep on going. <laughs> this makes sense? There's a lot of data in here. There's a lot of data. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, we'll look more about that, you know, and we jump into the workbook in a minute. So, it'll it'll come together. Yeah, there's a lot of data in in today's chapter. Right? There's no way around that.
You've already scheduled it? You scheduled it already? No. Or you think you'd like to? Yeah, I, I think we should do that. You can invite, you know, all families can come and that kind of thing. After, after the final exam, either the day of the final exam afterwards or, what's that? Okay, yeah, I'm cool with that. Lake Park. I used to ride over there. Cool. All right, well, you guys are itching to get to the workbooks. So that's what we'll do. I mean, okay. Are we going to go over the notepad? Yes, 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 yes. yes. Um, page 154. One fifty four in the textbook, page one forty something in your book. <laughs> hmm, that first word sounds familiar. Are y'all ready? Apocrinamai. Apocrinamai. Yeah, it sounds familiar. No, no. Apocrite. Uh, we already learned that word, but that's a different uh, tense. We learned the errors before. Apocrinamai, I answer. Now we know the present form of it. Day. Yeah, apocrinamai is the present. <laughs> what's that? Amai, yeah, that's a, what's going to be, what, what would that be? Yes. Yeah. Yep. There we go, starting to come together. Day. It is necessary. <laughs> I talked actually, I was at the wedding once last week, Mr. Carver was there, so we, we chatted for a while. I can't remember the word now, it's some hypoxagomenon um, that's you know, just used once in the New Testament. It's some really big word, but it means net. <laughs> so, this is a three letter word that means it is necessary. Dunamai. I am able. There's also a, a noun for this, dunamis, for power. And for some reason, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, dynamo. Yeah, this is the one where, you know, preachers will say, this is like dynamite. Well, they need to substantiate that, that dynamite was around in the first century. But, <laughs> but yeah, dunamai, I am able. Erkamai. I come. 630 times, 632 times in the New Testament. You'll see it all over the place, all kinds of forms. Important word. Nukes, nuktas, hey. <laughs> Night. Yeah, this is actually uh, the noc nocturnal, is the etymology pertaining to the night. So those animals that stay up all night, like, like some of you guys. <laughs> Hostis, hatis, hati. <laughs> Hostis, dead. That's what the first century Greek teenager would say. <laughs> yeah, and he has a big a big explanation like we already covered. Parumai. I go. Yes. 
You can learn just one, whoever, whichever, whatever. Does that correspond to each of the three? Yes. Uh, well, one one will be like whoever. That could apply to masculine or feminine. And then whichever, whatever could be more of a neuter idea. Just whichever you want to do. Whatever. Hostis. <laughs> uh, that's how you learn. That's how you memorize vocab. Just doing stupid stuff like that. Sunago. This be easy. Sunago. I gather together. Sunago. What does that sound like? Where'd it go? Why can't I ever find my marker? <laughs> ah, interesting, huh? That Y was uh, used to be at Upsilon. Synagogue. You know what the noun form is in Greek? For this? Did you learn it yet? I don't think so. Sunago gay. That's the noun form. Transliteration. You see a, uh, a preposition there by any chance? Soon? With? So, there you go. Synagogue. Sunago gay. Or, or Sunago is the verb. What's that? We should. That stick. Tapas. Tapu. Ha. So if you want to get a uh, topographical map for your hike, okay, Tapas. On top of Old Smoky, that place. Hosts. As. Just for as now, as is fine. Very common word. You see it a lot. Hosts. It, and you wouldn't want to get that confused with what type of word. Yeah, the article or, or the uh, relative pronoun. It doesn't look exactly like one, but it's, you know, it could trip you up maybe. So, hosts. All right. Number uh, 63 in your exercise book. <laughs> yeah. For the uh, parsing, you mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a, an age-old problem. <laughs> All right, Adam, you got number one. I like it. We speak. Uh, is that laleo with a eta or epsilon? Okay. What? Laleo. That's yeah, fine too, yeah. Yep. Okay, yeah. I think I know why. I know why that'd be a struggle. All right, David, you have number two? Star goes real. <laughs> Hashtags.
Aha. Uh -huh. You have the, the noun. We need the verb as lexical form there. So agapao. And then what's your translation? Yes. They live. <laughs> Benjamin, do you have Tim's hard word? All right, Tim, you got the word. <laughs> Figures, right? <laughs> you get that one? All right, give us what you got. Yeah, that's fine. Like, where is that epsilon? Why are there no epsilon in the example? How do we know? Yeah. OK. Fair struggle. I had the same struggle when I worked through these two. Um, Omet, well, first thing, remember, the uh, omega is like the bully vowel. So it's going to take over vowels that it sees. So what, what person do you think it is? Okay, that is correct. Now let's explain why or, or what happened. You can look back at page, um, let's look at the big chart, page 33 in TNT. So you're right in assuming that omega is the only, or first person singular is the only option for omega there. You're right. And you're right that the lexical form is tereo. Those are both true. So what do we need to figure out now? Is omega met epsilon? And then we look at our chart, and let's trace what happened. Yeah. Because you won't see the uncon. You'll never see the uncontracted form in the text. That the whole point with uh, contract verbs is that the Greeks tried to get rid of awkward sounds or double vowel sounds like eo, that kind of thing. Yes. 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 Exactly right. Yep. So the reason now, if you're growing up. You know, in uh, in first century Greece, are they are the you know when you're a kid, you know, would the parents say, hey, you know, you remember that there's an epsilon in there, right? I don't, I wasn't back there two thousand years ago, but I, I'm willing to bet that they probably didn't even know an epsilon was there. That's just how they spoke. But now we're looking scientifically back at it, and we're seeing how everything's put together, and it's an epsilon in, inside of there. So, does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, te reo becomes te reo. Same thing with agapao, the first person singular. When you see it in translation or in your text, it's going to be agapo. So, that same thing threw me off as well when I was working through the same chapter. I was like, wait, why is it? It's still first person singular. Why is it changed? <laughs> so, I know exactly the struggle. The struggle is real. <laughs> yes, I keep. Yeah, but it's. But you're not going to see it that way. The reason why it shows you is that way you know why the changes happened and what vowels, what. Other and 
it could potentially be different, yeah. But the omega is a little bit of an exception because it swallows up most of the other vowels, but, but yeah. All right, number four, you have that, Fernando? I like it. Everyone like it? Yeah, y'all feel right. Y'all feel? <laughs> you are feeling? Yeah, that's good too. Dr. Wendale, do you have uh, number five? You have to read it for us. That's a fun word just to say. What's your translation? You call? Yeah, anyone want to give them, or you want to tell, or challenge them on that, or, or what's going on there? Yeah, so they seek or they are seeking. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> you know what? Keep it there. Keep it, you know. <laughs> All right, Adam, you have number six? I do not. You have number six, David? Yeah, uh, agapao. Agapao, sorry. Um, he, should, he, she, it, los. Yep. Um, sorry, I don't know. I, I didn't post I couldn't figure out that subscript at all. Okay. Let's look back at the golden chart. The, the long one, yeah. As a data? Yeah, yeah that's, that's why. Yeah. Yeah, that's where he said in the notes today that there's a couple forms you have to watch out and make sure, you know, because it's not the noun. It's not the agapa or agape noun. Um, okay, yes, yes, yes. He said it is third person singular, so that's correct. Third person singular form is what? Yes. Okay, now take a look. Look at your chart here. What is the... Uh, What's the uh, va what's the stem vowel on for agapao? What is it? No, for, oh, for the verb itself, agapao. What's what's the uh, what's the contract vowel in that in that verb? Alpha. Yes. Okay. So now we have to figure this out. We know this is true, and we know alpha is true. What happens when a and alpha are combined? That's what we look at the chart for. Alpha wins with the with the concession. Takes a little tiny <laughs> iota subscript. Yep. Yep. For some reason, I kept looking at the omega. I'm like, omega never becomes an alpha with the subscript. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yep, that's what happened. That, that iota was hanging on for dear life. <laughs> like, let me in. All right. Uh, Benjamin, you got number seven? All right, play with it. 
Yes. Yep. That's a contract verb, but the, the, the form, ace, one. <laughs> I like that term. Who, who said that terminology? Did you say it? The alpha one? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> so which vowel is going to win the win, win the wrestling match? You know, I like that. It's good. Good analogy. Is it wrong to say you are calling? No, it's not wrong. No. You call. Like, you know, you call me later, but that's imperative in English. <laughs> so, yeah, you can do you are calling. That's fine. Yep. That that those choices are always you know contextually decided, but right now you can use either one. Oh, who's got the hard one? <laughs> yeah, that's good. All right. Fernando, you got the rest? <laughs> you got the golden chart? Yep. All right, anyone else got a good answer for him? Okay, so where'd you get the third person idea? Yes, so, but you see that, that Yoda still hanging on. Yeah, okay, yeah, so you're right, third person. So A, third person singular, so it's A. Okay, play Ra'o, what is the contract vowel in that verb? And for play Rao. You can look at your uh, lexical, form, lexical form if you want. What's the contract verb inside, um, contract vowel inside play Rao? Is it alpha, omicron, epsilon? What's that? Omicron, yeah. Okay, so now, we got our, now we're making our decision. Or we're going to do our investigation, I should say. We know it's third person singular, and we know that the contract vowel in play Rao is omicron. So now we're going to see what happens when omicron meets A. Oi, big match. This is a you know split down the middle there. <laughs> yep. I don't know if there's really a winner in that one, Ben. <laughs> what's that? We fill. Yep. Or he. What, what, what's the? Uh, well, hold on. <laughs> yeah. He she it fills. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the vocalic battles. All right, number nine, Fernando, you got that? Sure about that? Yeah. I like it. All right, Wendell, you got number 10? No? Okay. You got it? Play A, third person singular, present active indicative, play A-O, you got it? You do? You do, that's better. <laughs> I like it. Time to translate. I don't know about you, but parsing is not fun for me. I like translating. But can you really have one without the other? That's the question. 
Now, parsing is much easier while you're translating because of one word. Context. Context. Yep. All right. Who wants the first one? I guess, David, it's taking your turn. You got that? All right, guys, here he goes. All right, any questions for him? I'd like to say thank you because I forgot to put but. <laughs> well, why'd you, why'd you do past? Okay, well, I was going to... Okay, but there is such a thing as the uh, historical use of the present tense that we learned. So when I were asking, does it work here? Um, I, I have one question for you. Um, well, what, what's the, la the final punctuation mark? Question mark, yeah. So this is a question that I'll put together now. So that's going to change our translation a little bit at that point. Okay, and um, my, my next question would be, where did you get the word believed? The P word. Anyone got the answer for him? He, he had believed. Are you guys okay with that? Or believe? What do you see? Do or does or makes. Yep. Yep, that's what that is. Okay. Any other questions for Mr. David? I got one question for everybody. How do you parse ha, the second to last word of the sentence? Or what case is it? I'll just keep it simple. What what part of speech is it? <laughs> Wait. Yes, what type of pronoun? What? Yes, okay, got it. All right, look back at your Oh, it's it's accusative. It's an accusative relative pronoun. Okay. So accusatives are the subject, right? Accusatives will always be the subject. Okay, good. All right. What? So we're looking at an accusative phrase here. What? In the form of a relative uh, clause. What I say. What I say. The end there. And we'll go, okay, so backing up. But. Post-positive day. But. Why? Me, you call. Okay? 
How can I change that a little bit? Smooth it out. I'm just doing word for word there. Why you call me? Yeah, so yeah, so but why you call me? Can I smooth it out even more? Do, but why do you call me? Comma, quote, Kuria, Kuria. Lord, Lord, yeah. Uh, what, what case is uh, Kuria? What's that? Vocative, yes. Direct address. Why do you call me? Lord, Lord. End quote. And not you do what I say. And do not do what I say. Relative clause there. What I say is the relative clause. So, David, in other words, that would kind of that would reverse what you had. So it's not do what I say. Yep. Does that make sense? Cool. Yeah, that's that's a tricky one. That's a tricky sentence. All right. Who's ready for number two? Okay, I have two small questions. That's it. Other than that, it's good. Okay. <laughs> Anyone have two questions for me? <laughs> for David? <laughs> What's that? Yes. Altoise. Yeah, so he has, why do you speak in parables? Which is right, but there's one more word. Why do you speak to them in parables? Altoise. The dative plural. Why do you speak to them in parables? And I got one more question. It's almost identical. The first uh, clause. The disciples said, Alto. What the disciples said to him. Why do you speak to them in parables? That makes sense? Well, what's the final punctuation mark? Wait, my question for David? Or the question for Jesus from the disciples? <laughs> um, yeah, what's the final punctuation mark? Question mark again, yep. Anyone think of what passage this is? Matthew 13, of course, I... <laughs> All right, Ben, you have number three. Tim, you have number three. <laughs> that must mean that Fernando has it fully, right? <laughs> no, sort of, and all, and all the way. Okay, Tim, it's here. Yes. You used it in the first clause. You used it twice, though. Because, well, what 
Reno. Okay, since is fine. That's an interpretive choice. But the main thing I want you to get right now is the grammar of it and how it's flowing. So we know since. We'll stick with that for now. Okay, because it's, it's a permissible usage of hati. But so. Okay. Good. Okay, that's fine. That's a fine translation. Was that, Fernando? Yeah. Now, what, is Tim's translation incorrect? That's the question. Is Tim's well, translation incorrect? Okay, it makes sense, yes. Tim's translation also makes sense. Since he's used the word since. Um, okay, since. What exegetical ideal would be behind that word since? Cause, causative? Okay. What if we used um, that? What exegetical ideal would be behind that? Yeah, or yeah, dem demonstrative, demonstrative type, or like kind of like appositional in a way. So we'll use that word for now. Simply denoting the content of what they know. Okay. And what if we use because? Pretty much, yeah, same as that. So, so there's exegetical decisions to be made. That's why I'm not going to tell you you did the wrong translation because you want to do a, a study in in the whole book and see how it's functioning or in that context. So yeah, yours makes sense and tens makes sense right now before we have any more context because we're making exegetical choices here. So we, since we have the past Yeah, I see what you're asking. So we know since we have passed from death into life, since we love the brothers. Mm -hmm. So you're trying to say you can't have a double causative? <laughs> yeah, no, I know that's a good that's a good question. I'm I'm gonna say right now because we're not doing an exegesis of First uh, John that um, we we'll go and leave it like that for now. But these are just no, no. I want these are the questions I want you to ask for sure because this, these are the kind of questions we're gonna keep asking more and more. It's just that we don't have all the answers. And this book right here, that's the problem. Yeah. yeah no, no, I want you to keep asking those types of questions. So, yeah, maybe you'd reevaluate it, Tim, and say, okay, do I really, should there, is, is there two causative clauses there? That'd be your question for yourself. So, yeah. But lexically, can you use that? Yes, that's, that's what we're getting at right now. And grammatically, does it technically work? Sure, but, you know, you reevaluate it once you get into more context.
But yeah, these are the conversations. These are the kind of conversations I want us to have more and more about decisions like this retranslation. So definitely keep that up. All right, uh, number four, you have that, Wendell? Okay. Um, I'll do this one. The father loves the son and all things he has given in his hand or and has given all things in his hand. Sure. The parsing of it? Yeah. Okay. Do we love? Okay, which is fine, yeah. Um, and then I'm, I'm, I don't see also. So then I, I jump over to the big part, mm -hmm. and I see three different subscripted authors. Okay. And I'm like, okay. So let's say it's that first um, Epsilon Yoda. Now it's third person. Yeah, that's 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 actually perfectly worked those steps there. Okay. Um, and so you see three options. One of the options originally comes from the ADA with the Yoda subscript. Right. Um, no how do you rule that out? What's that? There's no ADA over here. Yeah, for the in the, in the uh, you did well. I erased it, but you had it in the passive, the ADA with the Yoda subscript. So then you say technically, okay, technically, could this be a passive now? Could it technically be passive according to the contract chart? The O, Ace, A. Okay, um, so you look at the third option for a contracted form of alpha within a Yoda subscript on your on your big chart, right. you see that, yeah, the, and the it comes from three, right? yeah, and it comes from eta Yoda subscript plus the alpha. You see that? See how the uh, the eta is above it? Yeah, I see. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So the furthest right option. Yeah. So what I'm, what I'm getting at is that's actually a passive form that we learned today. You see it there? Um, so you're looking at? Uh, yeah, at the, pri at the, passive, the fr primary passive endings chart. Always, or uh, the am I a eti? Yeah. So that subscripted eta? That's yeah. What you're saying? Yeah. So say, you, say you're racking your brain over this. You say, okay, well now I've discovered it could be technically according to this chart, it could be passive second person singular, or it could be um, third person singular active. You see the two options now? Is, is that eta on the second half 
big chart subscripted? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Yeah, that's subscripted. Yep. So you ask, okay, technically, could it be passive now? Let's try it out. Ha pater agapa, second person passive, second person singular passive. Okay, so you, you are, you are loved. So the father, you are loved, the son. Does it work? If you had by. The father, the father, you are loved by the son. So then we have to say, is ha pater vocative? Well, we have, but there's, so, there's nothing really to learn except that epsilon, pretty, pretty much. So, we have to say, okay, the Father, you are loved by the Son, and he has given all things into his hand. <laughs> so, we need to start a theology based on this and prove why it is passive. The Father, you are loved by the Son. And he, the son, has given all things into the father's hand. That didn't seem right. <laughs> so, yeah, there we go. It rules out the passive option pretty clearly there. Yeah. So I, did, I didn't even know. I couldn't tell there was a okay, yeah. subscript on that ADA, so passive wasn't even an option. Oh, okay, okay. That's why I was like, I made it more complicated than it needed to be. Okay. Okay, but so by looking at that and then looking at the long sheet for options and then Yeah. Yes. Most of the time it won't be that. Most of them aren't that hard to spot, but for the tougher ones like this, you'll have to do that process. Okay. But yeah, most of the time, it, like he picks some harder examples up front that like you just don't see a ton, but he wants you to see them now rather than later. So it won't be as hard later on. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No problem. Are you, do you have number five? It's technically your turn. Um, no, I, I don't. David, do you have number five? You make Adam pay. That's a tough one, the pronouns. Anyone got questions for him? All right, let's, uh, let's take it. Uh, first punctuation mark, the, the first comma. Altoi. Nominative masculine plural, which would translate to they. So it's the, it's the subject. There would be um, the, the genitive. So they, they from the world, asin, they are, yep. So they are from the world. There's our first clause. You guys got that? Okay. This is, this is a tough one, so let's, let's work through it. Diatuta. Okay, I'm not going to, what's that? Yes, okay, or you can do for this reason. Yep, it's, a, it's more of an idiom that you'll see pretty frequently. Diatuta, it's like a, kind of like a word package. 
So they are from the world. For this reason, from the world, Lalusin. Usin. Yeah, they, yep. So for this reason, from the world, they speak. So we got, an, we got a Kai, so we'll make sure we got up to the Kai so far. Get that down well. So they, they are from the world. For this reason, they speak from the world. And or your friend, yeah, for this reason, from the world, they speak. Kind of like a chiasm in a way. But. And ha cosmos alton akue. And let's just take it word by word. Go just take it simply. And the world there. Always a third person. He, she, or it hears. And the world hears, because how cosmos is the subject of akue. Them. It's a genitive, but it's functioning like a accuser. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So the world hears them. So te literally, it'd be the world hears of them. If you want to translate it that way for now, that's fine. And the world hears of them, but smooth it out. The world hears them. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. What's that? Yeah, just, just keep, keep it in your mind. The hear, world hears of them. The world of them hears. Because you don't need to do it. But you don't have to resupply it if you don't want to. Hey, yeah, if you want to, uh, let's do it. <laughs> Yes, he, she, or it hears, and you try it. Okay, what's the subject? Right. cosmos. So, that's the nominative. Hey, I'm all for it, man. Don't be careful what you say. <laughs> Hebrew? I don't know. Is that a joke? You got, you guys. No, I think we're probably going to do Aramaic after this, but. And then Syriac, yeah. I, I'm rusty on my Hebrew. I got to get my, I got to recover my Hebrew. Yeah, I need to learn Chinese too, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for it. <laughs> the only one with an A in the class. <laughs> all right. Uh, who's up? Ben, you got number six? Tim, you got number six? Uh, yeah. You make Ben pay? All right. Guys, you really, you guys are, I mean, I can see you. You're doing your work. I hear your translations. I see your work on your, on your tests and quizzes. You guys are learning this, so I want you to, I really want you guys to keep going. <laughs>
I really want you to be able to translate books of the Bible so we can do an exegesis class. That's my, that's my goal. Let's keep on going. All right, Tim, you got number six? I think it's actually you, not well. <laughs> I don't know, I mean. All right, take it, just read it word by word for right now. You're right, yeah. Now it's it's a predicate nominative position in a ha or that os has the article, so that's going to be the yeah. So that is. Yes, because that os has the article there, so you can. If you use the word since, if you use the word since, then yes, yeah. I got one question. Um, where'd you get the and for and you do well? Oh, I don't know. There's no and there. You do well, sorry. Did you do uh, some textual uh, conjecture there? I don't know. You did that as a textual variant? <laughs> I, I moved the chi over and actually okay. the Because you're not sure how it's functioning in the second clause. So you believe that God is one, you do well, and the demons believe and they shudder. Yeah. I would say no. Yeah, because it's, it's it's rare that Kai is going to be adversative like that. It's going to be. There is a different usage I would like you to use there, though. And the demons believe and shudder. Sometimes Kai can be more than just. I would say with even. And even, I don't think there's any kai kai constructions. But I mean, for if you wanted to make it more literary, you could. But for now, just use one. Is there a reason why plural? Ta daimonia. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Ta daimonia. The or even the demons believe. It's really weird to look at this because you see pistuo. You know, in so many soteriological contexts, but you see daimonia and pastille right next to each other. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> this is bizarre. But that's the idea. It's intensive, pretty intense statement. So. But you did have people in the gospel who 
were pestuoing in Jesus, but Jesus was not pestuoing in them. 